You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, where I get the fun job of finding great experts in dentistry to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today I have my good friend, Paul Slutton on today to talk about a not so fun subject, which is when bad things happen, crisis in your practice, whether it be death or disability. And unfortunately it happens. I hope it doesn't happen a lot in your career with your friends or people that you know, but I've experienced it myself. And the worst part is not being prepared. So I interview Paul today and how to be prepared for the unfortunate incidents that might happen. And so it's just good homework that you have to do for you and your family and for your team and for your patients. So please listen, please check all these boxes and I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where I get the distinct pleasure and treat to bring you great information from great thinkers. And today we're going to cover one of the things that nobody wants to think about, nobody wants to plan for, and it happens. Bad things happen with your health or um, crisis, and many times we're not ready for them. And so I have our good friend, Paul Slutton on today, who is our all things transitions expert. I go to Paul for everything. I go to him for good things, bad things, just questions, new dentists. How do we put these in? And so, Paul, thanks for being on today, buddy. Appreciate it. Delighted to be with you again. Yeah. So um, today we're going to be talking about the unfortunate part of it. You know, so this this. I mean, we're going to keep this upbeat, but this is the thing that most people don't plan for, uh, and it happens. And so um, let's start here real quick, just because I want, again, everybody to know who you are. So who's Paul Slutton, if I've never heard you before? I'm a person who owns a business, who works with uh, exclusively with dentists and their teams, and we help people plan and implement successful transitions. We've done thousands of them with our clients. And uh, and have done them in all fifty states. 
that's just an indicator of how long I've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you have. And you're also, I mean, 95% of the work that we've done together has always been good stuff, you know, and then there's the 5% where an unfortunate thing happens and you're the first phone call I make and you say, I'll be there. And there are many occasions where you're there the next day, you know, and helping us and the family sort things together. So, you know, we want to, the whole purpose of this podcast is just to help you create a better practice and a better life and just be prepared. And so my hope is that if you don't have a plan in place, you put a plan in place. And Paul's going to give us some good guidelines for that. And if you want to have a conversation, this is your guy. And so at the end here, we'll give you all of his information and how you can just have a phone call with him and he can guide you. But let's talk about this, Paul, you know, putting a crisis coverage plan together. How important is this if I'm a young dentist listening? It's just extremely important. I, You know, we've talked about this before, Kirk. Everybody needs to have a transition plan in place, regardless of what uh, stage they're at in their career. In fact, they need to have two plans. What happens if under ideal conditions, if I want to transition my practice, I'm healthy, my practice is healthy, uh, those are ideal conditions and bring top dollar in terms of sale. Um, But there's another plan that you need to have as well, and that's a crisis plan. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're right. Maybe the percentage is even smaller than 5%, but they happen. And when they happen, uh, one of two things will occur. Either the practice will go into a nosedive because they're not acting on it uh, or putting a plan together or had never thought about it previously, or the practice will get covered There'll be a practice coverage group in place. You know, what we're really talking about here is we're talking about solo practitioners. Mm-hmm. When people are in a group or partnerships, they, they have built-in coverage. They still need to have a plan, but I'm talking really addressing this to solo practitioners. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, can I ask you, before we get into like the actual how, let's talk about the actual crisis itself and categorize those. And I don't, I don't have this data, but when we were, when, you know, 25 years of doing this, I'd always heard people say you're 10 times more likely to be disabled as a dentist than actually die while you're in your active practice. I don't know if that's true. Um, What, what, I mean, could you speak to what a crisis is and what's the likelihood of it during your practicing years? Simply to find a crisis of this type would be something that alters the ability of the owner of the practice to be able to continue to be productive in the practice. Right. Either for a short period of time because they're ill, but they're going to recover or for an extended period of time because they were in an accident and can't physically uh, perform and that puts them in a crisis or because uh, something happens tragically and then they die. Mm-hmm. But you, you're exactly right. I, I, uh, that's very rare compared to the likelihood of disability. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, even getting started, uh, I knew this dentist and he lost a part of his thumb because they pickled uh, pickles. And um, and I think it was on his opposite uh, strength hand and he couldn't practice. Well, the insurance company didn't pay because they said you could still practice. He's like, I don't have a thumb. And so he battled and, and I remember talking to him and he's like, 
He said, don't ever count on anybody else to, to have, he figure out your own plan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, and he said, and he actually told me I had the best insurance ever, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing yeah. what they won't pay, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. So, you know, um, so where do we start on this, Paul? I, first of all, I have to tell you a story. When I first moved with my family to Denver from Minneapolis, one of the first things that happened is that the company that I came to work with and then bought out nine months later, um, had a, we had a client who owned thoroughbred horses. Okay. And he was a, he was a general dentist. And he went in, he was with one of his horses one day and it bit off his thumb. Really? And so we've got two thumb stories here and he was, uh, he he was unable to ever practice again. So these are just small, crazy things that happen. Yeah. The The place to begin is to put together what we call a practice coverage group. Now a practice coverage group is a group of like-minded dentists who respect each other and who are in proximity to each other who would be capable of covering for one another in the event of a disability or some kind of a crisis. Okay. And uh, I've seen people put these groups together, but they only put three or four dentists in their coverage group. And that that's a real tremendous strain on the covering dentists. Yeah. That's not enough. And that was one of my questions. Okay, so if I'm going to put this group together, what's ideal? How many docs do I need to put together? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. And then you- they're, they're going to be covering uh, half day at a time. They're going to be doing this gratis because they're part of this coverage group. They're going to be covering half day at a time, Some de- sometimes a full day at a time. But uh, if you only have three or four people, they're going to run out of gas and, uh, and and put the practice back in jeopardy, even though it had been covered, because they just don't have the uh, time to do it. Yeah, because there's such a big time demand on each person. That's a great so, point. So eight or nine is a, is a the, those are really good numbers. Um, you have to be careful on how you put your group together. Yeah, well, that was my next question. Do you have bylaws? Is there organization? Like, how are yeah. there fees associated with this? Yes, we we do have all those things. Uh, I I did a lecture once in uh, upstate New York uh, to a to a study cl- to a group of study clubs, but one was particularly forming this coverage group. And they've had a they've been established as a coverage group for some time before I met them. And uh, when I met them, they had a, a another dentist who was about to come on board, and and uh, he was morbidly obese, and and uh, it just triggered a reaction from me. I didn't say anything about it, but I said, "Boy, this this doesn't look good." And he came with the group and a month later had a severe heart attack. Oh, no. And so that they had to, they covered him right from the beginning, which was great for him and his family and, the, and his practice. But you need to be selective, uh, you know, when you're putting the members together. Yeah. And typically, I, I would imagine you got to lay out expectations, too, because cover, <laughs> sometimes these things go much longer than anticipated, right? They do. 
They do. And and you bring up a good point. The commitments that the that the coverage group would be able to make would be to cover the practice for three months, let's say, pretty much at a max. They can go longer than that, but but in in our experience that that pretty well maxes it out. But that does buy you time if it's gonna be a slow recovery and it does buy you time to find a locum tenens who can come in and be the dentist to cover it for several months if needed. Right. So you would you have to put an action plan. The the coverage group handles the first phase of it and allows you time to find to engage someone who will come in and cover the practice. Uh, we had a situation in in the Toronto area where our client uh, wasn't a client at the time, but he had a he had a brain tumor and uh, malignant, inoperable, uh, and we got called in. First of all, they called several brokers in the area, and the and the people in the area said, "Well, he's you're he's ill." The practice is going to go downhill. You're not going to get much for your practice. And so they weren't satisfied with that. And they eventually called us. And I went right up there. And uh, to make a long story a little shorter, they we found that the coverage group came in first. They already had a, a plan together for that. But what happened with this coverage group was there were two dentists out of the seven or eight that were in the coverage group, and those dentists were uh, telling the patients, you know, I don't know where everything is in these treatment rooms in this office. It'd be much easier for me to see you at my office. And they started recruiting the patients to go to their offices while all the other coverage dentists were were covering and, and doing a wonderful job with it. Yeah. So the team got really ticked off about that and, and uh, got rid of them or cut cut them from the coverage group and uh what what first thing we did is we found a locum tenens and so the coverage group lasted about two months and much to their relief uh, there was we found a doctor who had retired uh and and he came in and, co- and covered the practice for seven months wow to buy us time to uh find a buyer yeah and we did in that timetable. And this person who came in and covered the locum tenens was so excited about the experience he had in those seven months working with an awesome team and working with a really successful practice that he got excited and went back and bought another practice. He was in his 50s and, uh, and started practicing again. That's awesome. With brand new insights. The practice, the fascinating thing about this is the practice sold for a price that was would have been a normal price if the seller was completely healthy. Wow. Because the practice kept performing. Yeah. So and maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe ask you about this. So, you know, obviously if you're listening and taking notes, I mean, the first thing in a crisis coverage plan is you got to put together a coverage group. And what I'm hearing you say is just, you know, surround yourself with good people, good value systems. So there's yeah. a stable 
aspect of it. And then um, also make sure you've got pretty good bylaws or a plan in place. And then can you speak to this? Because you talk about valuation. So you and I have mentioned this before. There's a myth, or maybe it's not a myth, that between death and purchase, it declines significantly. Can you speak to that like by the day or is that not so true? I think it is is mostly true, but it's uh, it depends on, on what happens within the practice, of course. For example, in some situations we've seen where the, uh, by the time we get called, a couple months have gone by, the team has no idea what their future is. Right. And, uh, and the family has been, is, is so grief stricken in the event of a death that they haven't taken any action right? They, and they haven't called anybody. So part of the plan you need there in the crisis coverage plan is there needs to be, if this happens, who, do, who makes the call and who do you call? Yeah, absolutely. Now, other items that are important too, is you have to check every box, even on the insurances. You know, it is fascinating to me how many unfortunate deaths we've had. We had a dentist pass away at the age of 43 and also, you know, a couple of them before then. And one of my questions was always, oh, how much insurance? And in one case, there was no life insurance for a 40, and I was terrified. So, and he was brilliant. And another case, the dollar amount for the life insurance policy was below 300,000. And I'm thinking, okay, these are just boxes that need to be checked. You know, these are very smart people. And for some reason, they didn't check the box and the insurance thing. Also, can you speak to this? If you're a spouse listening, you know, I've heard many experts say it costs about $100,000 just to die. When it comes to the processes afterwards, you know, people don't account for that. And again, I don't want to make this a morbid thing. This is just a planning thing. And then yeah. also between when the event happens and when life insurance pays, that's also an interesting uh, right. equation. So, you know, the whole idea is to be prepared well in advance. Can you speak to any of that? Yes, absolutely. The, the, life, the, the insurance companies are very slow to pay with disability coverage too. Uh, as you as you well know. Yeah, what do you One, think? Like, on average, would you say it's going to be six months to a year before that happens or not? Say, I would say five to six months. Okay. In, in the event of a death, in the event of life insurance, if your practice is worth a million dollars, you need to carry insurance, and you're in a partnership, for example, you need to carry insurance that will that will allow upon your death, the your estate to be paid off for your ownership share and and for the, which will allow the other partner to now be 100% owner uh, and be able to take it forward right. in that regard. I, I actually, in a situation like that, I recommend over-insuring the risk so if it's worth a million dollars, you know, take out insurance for uh, between the two of them for a million two or a million four. Right. You know, that- uh, because you want you you want some additional uh, time for the for the surviving partner. They're going to have to go through a lot of expenses to find another doctor. Right. 
and bring them on board. So that's going to be very expensive. So just cash flow wise, that'll help. Same thing with disability insurance. You know, once once we move past, and it takes a long time for some of us to do this, but once we move past the uh, I'm uh, bulletproof thinking regarding things like this, you just have to have those plans in place. So I've seen lots of people who became disabled who had great coverage. They kept upping it as they were allowed to as the productivity and, and uh, practice grew. And I've seen others, and they were in, in great shape. You know, we had one recently about two years ago where the doctor was 50 and became disabled, fell, had a horrendous fall on a sailboat in, in California and uh, never could get back to practice. And he right now is healthy, but he can't practice dentistry. And he's got a monthly income of 19000 a month tax-free coming because he kept his coverage in place. But we've seen other tragic situations as well yeah. uh, where they either didn't have any coverage or they had never expanded it. Right. Now go back to that too, because we do have these conversations and I'm not an expert in this. So I just want to ask you, you know, a lot of people say, well, I think I've got disability coverage. I'm like, you think you do? And it's often, it's yeah. always never enough. And then the second thing that people say is, well, I have over insurance. I don't even know if they call it that. Over, remember those yeah. terms like, well, yeah. overhead insurance is just going to cover if something bad happens to my practice. What you don't under, what do we not understand about overhead insurance and disability insurance? Overhead insurance, we had a client who, who was in a high rise professional building and uh, he was on the ninth floor and, and somebody on the fifth floor had a smoke fire over the weekend and it trashed everybody up above him, including our client. And his overhead insurance came to the rescue and and covered everything. And and he practiced in a in a colleague's office for almost a year before he was able to get back into his own suite. So that's incredibly important as well. Right. And then what do, what do we what do we need to know about disability insurance when it comes to it? Yeah, it, it, as your practice grows and as your income grows, you just have to stay with it and commit to it to continue to expand your coverage. Mm -hmm. So you people start out well intended and have a base coverage at the beginning and maybe take one or two increments of of you know taking it higher, but then go to sleep on that issue and get into a situation where they're just their their coverage is puny compared to what they need you can't have enough overhead i mean uh, disability insurance i agree with your comment yeah absolutely and i just redid our policies this year and i've got a i've i now have a ransomware coverage thing and i didn't even know or, or whatever that is uh, it's a cyber yeah. cyber security policy yeah. I'm like, do we really need to do this? Okay, we're getting, <laughs> we can kind of get sidetracked. But, it, you know, I think what you're all, you're pointing to, Paul, is like all of this has got to be in writing. You've got to have a coverage yeah. plan. You've got to have your insurances covered. Um, and then it, it, when it comes to, do you let people know, is this written up, uh, you know, somewhere where it's easily accessible? Like, how would I even start to put this okay. plan together? So when you first put start putting this together, the doctors who are going to be in this coverage group have to have meetings. 
and and talk about what they're going to do. It's always so easy for them to overpromise one another about how much coverage they're going to be able to provide in the event uh, that that is needed. And and that's why I really strongly recommend that you don't go maybe go four months, but uh, three months seems to be the max. Yeah. So you have to set up those meetings and come to agreement. We have we can give them a, a model to use to to put these things together and work with them on this. And then you have to designate one of your team members to be the go-to person in each of those practices. And they need to be included in the group. They're the ones who make the phone call. They're the ones uh, who, who get things into action. And when you have that in place, as we did in, in Canada, uh, in the Toronto area, uh, magic happens. Yeah. So these practices, when you have that kind of an operation plan, these practices hold their value or close to their value. Right. Um, and so you have a point person thing. Yeah, who's probably pretty organized, has good phone skills, yes. and can tend to be unemotional about this and keep yeah. the group together for the single purpose of it. That's great. Never even thought about having a point person for yeah. the group. It, it's just another huge commercial for the incredible value of of having made an investment to put a wonderful team together. Yeah. In a wonderful team in this sense, they're people who have a great sense of ownership of the practice and pride in being involved in that practice. And, uh, and they are just awesome to work with. Yep. That's great. That is great. And then as far as meeting together, I mean, how often do you, do you like to, to have the coverage group meet? Um, so you, you have several meetings when you first put it together and, and create the bylaws and make the commitments and, and have, a, have an agreement together. And then you need to meet periodically, I would say quarterly. And, and, then, it, and then it goes to annually. But, but some people with great intention uh, put, a, put a group like this together. And then once they've got it together, they meet every three to five years. And that just doesn't work. Right. Um, you have staff turnover. You have all the kinds of things that can create disarray. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I might be part of a, a coverage group and I was only a single doc at the time, but now things have changed or right. have different interests or I have a condo in Florida and that's where I spend my time. So I think it's really important to get super clear on a regular interval. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. What else do I need to consider if I'm putting together a crisis coverage plan? Well, you need, there are people, many of them retired dentists in every marketplace uh, who, who do coverage, put a little business together, they're retired, they maintain their license, and say so they go in and, and cover practices, sometimes for several months, sometimes for a few weeks, because there are there are dentists, and I think this is fantastic, who have never taken more than a week off at a time, and in in their practice lives, who create a relationship with a locum tenens coverage doc, and are able to take a six week vacation and have the practice fully covered, 
and, and have hygiene going in a general practice and, and things like that. So there are all kinds of created, creative uh, applications for locum tenens, but they're out there. So you could use them not even in a crisis situation. Exactly. So if I want to go to Italy for two months, I could say, hey, listen, I've got a, I got a coverage group that can help me. Exactly. Wow. Never even thought of that either. And the local dental societies or dental associations, you know, state dental associations, know who those people are. Right. Right. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, and then as far as uh, any other details that we need to have in place, you know, again, I think we mentioned this last time, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach always says, you should have a 100-day plan in place. And for anything, I don't care if you're 25 or you're 95. In the event I pass or the, in the event I get disabled, this is what my family should do for the next 100 days. First call this, first call this, first call. I actually told my wife, you know, God forbid this doesn't happen for a long time. First thing, you're going to call these people and then you're going to pay off the house and all this. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a whole plan in place because people don't think very well when something bad happens. You know, sometimes just communicating with the dental team is a challenge. And then you have to think about how we're going to, communicate with the patients. So in this very difficult moment, um, so a lot of this pre-planning, I mean, you can do as much as you can on the front end, but I, I would imagine that's extremely helpful. That's great advice. You know, when, when something does happen and you have a, you have a plan together in your solo practice, mm-hmm. uh, one of the designated team member would begin working with the entire rest of the team and put an action plan. They already have an action plan together, but they'll implement it. Right. And implementing it means they're going to talk to the patients. They're going to, they're going to contact the patients and let them know what's going on and let them know that there's a, uh, that the doctor's going to be coming back in several months. And in the meantime, you're where the practice is covered by other dentists and, uh, and we'll see you at your next appointment. Yeah. You know, and, and in a very reassuring way, even in the event of death, uh, that, that that happens, um, where we've seen people put to videos together and, and send them out to their active patient base. Wow. And, and say, hey, we're still here. If, you know, if you have an appointment next Wednesday at 10 o'clock, we expect to you to be here as well and we'll be glad to see you and and uh, you know that kind of reassuring thing as opposed you're exactly right though it's so easy for a family to get totally locked up and paralyzed and and disoriented uh, because of the shock of it and by the time they get around to it if it's if it's three months uh, they're going to uh, have some real issues and the value might have already been impacted. Yeah, absolutely. And all of these are never fun when they happen. Um, And then I think the thing that's really important is if you're a solo doc, you have to do this, but uh, even in a partnership, I think multiple doctors is multiple complexities. So, you know, and I see this situation a lot where dentists are like, no, we were best buddies in dental school and we were, you know, and, and they say, I'm like, well, do you guys have all this written out? And they're like, no, our families are all, we're good. We all know, you know, I think 
the thing to remember is that everything comes to an end. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. your choosing or someone else's choosing. You have to design these agreements so that in the event of your death, when we decide to go on this, you know, so if that's all spelled out and we have the appropriate coverage because the complexity becomes more complex when you have spouses that are stressed making decisions um, and sometimes it's on perceived value or perceived expectations. That's why when it's all in writing, it just makes it that much better. And then you also have to do the updating of the writing, you know, like sure do. we did it many years ago, but we haven't updated it. Well, there's more, there's more things on the table now. Um, yeah. so good stuff. There's been attrition in the coverage group, no doubt. If the right. years have passed and everything else. So it needs to stay fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Any last thoughts you have on this, Paul? I know yeah. I, I want to give people the space to reach out to you and cause you do this. Um, but any last thoughts? Yeah. You know, the, the hundred day plan idea, I love the, uh, we need, we need to have a plan always, don't we? I mean, we need to have a plan. We need to think about things uh, that could happen and, and hope they don't happen. But being ready and being prepared dates back to my Boy Scout days. And uh, it, it's, just a, a, it's just a living rule, you know, right. we, that we have to honor. Absolutely. So if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, Paul, I don't have this. Even if you have a plan, it's good to sit down with an expert and have them audit your plan and say you're missing yeah. a few things that you need to consider. Um, if I want to reach out to you, what does the process look like? How does it work? Well, you can contact us. You contact me at paul at lifetransitions.com, paul at lifetransitions.com. And uh, if you'd like to have a confidential conversation about what's on your mind, uh, I would love to have that with you. So reach out to us and look forward to uh, look seeing if we can help you. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Paul, as always, you're a good human being, a great human being, and you always give us great advice. Uh, and so I'm going to encourage you guys, if you're listening, you're struggling with either transitions, plans, all those details about ownership, um, reach out to Paul and his team there. Awesome. So, Paul, thanks for being on, buddy. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Kirk. Yeah. And stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. You guys are showing up in big fashion and I'm really enjoying the heck out of this. And I get wonderful notes from you guys about things and programming that you want to see. I'm also finding new superstars in dentistry and it's really cool to learn about what these people are up to. Remember any, if you don't remember anything, remember this, this is an incredibly noble profession. And so if you reach out and look for the right people, you're going to find yourself in a great group. Of, uh, of wonderful human beings. This is an awesome, awesome community. So keep showing up, keep hanging out with us. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. So there you have it, another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just wanna thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. 
I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.